2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, we are going into the bag. Big Sean.
4: Back in the bag, bro. Back in the bag. Do Do you like these mailbag shows, Big Sean? Come on, man. What's there not to love? We hear right. from our people, they're asking us their financial questions, and we are doing it like two black guys should, and giving them the answers that they need to hear to fulfill their financial dreams.
3: Well, it's not just two black guys, we do have the lady with the facts here. How you doing, Dion? Oh,
5: I'm doing great, thank you for want, asking.
4: Wah, 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 man.
5: Jeez.
3: Well, let's, let's jump right into the bag. Dion. you want to hit us with the first question?
5: I'm happy to. And it's from Courtney Summers. She's 30 years old. She's an 11th and 12th grade math teacher from Warren, Ohio. Can we hear it from
3: Ohio? Hey, hey. <laughs> the Buckeye State. <laughs> uh,
5: so, yeah, she she actually works at Trumbull Career and Technical Center. So, she actually, dev- actually devotes an entire nine weeks to financial literacy. So, way to go, Courtney. And guess what, guys? You're going to love this. So, she uses our podcast as part of her curriculum. Oh, that's awesome. Year. That's pretty cool. And I tell Arlington, so, and
4: Matt made the show, they had to go through our curriculum, send them the assignments. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they evaluated here they later. are. <laughs> and they made the cut, they made the
1: cut.
5: Well, we might have to review our curriculum, we're just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So she's basically saying with about a quarter of her seniors, um, they're only about a quarter of them go on to college, the rest of her seniors go directly into the workforce or into the military, right? With their licensure. Okay. Um, so she wants to know what advice you guys would give these kinds of kids to achieve financial stability. And well, would you recommend that these kids actually invest in college down the road?
4: Well, I'll start it off. And first of all, Courtney, first of all, thank you so much for your question. First, I think this deserves a show in itself. We should do an entire show on just talking about creating generational generational wealth after high school. But my few suggestions for you are is for people to for your students to understand supply and demand and really understand that if they get certified that gives them a unique skill set and that makes their skills their demand even higher because you're going to have a special thing that you know and that you perform well better than most people and that's going to make you get more earning power so for those high school kids that just want to graduate high school I think you should also learn to specialize in a certain skill and then that and then you know, I, kn- I know I've taught high school students, your first job that you come out, you may not be getting the benefit, may not be getting much benefits or not not at all. But you should kind of try to keep navigating, try to get towards a job that pays benefits. And here's why. You know, I always say, would you rather have earn $50 an hour with no benefits or $20 an hour with full benefits? It's a tough call because with full benefits, you can get what I would like to say. You can um, hopefully pay into what a 401k um, retirement plan. And usually they have matching programs. And some companies go as high as 100% matching that for every dollar you contribute to your retirement, they'll match that and contribute that to your retirement. So that's In essence, that's like free money you're getting put towards your retirement. And here's the thing about it, what you could do with that money. You have your most important asset when you graduate from high school, which is time. So you have a lot of time. You can use that money after a few years and pull it out and use that to buy put down on your first payment as a home. And then you can repay yourself that loan, pay yourself back that loan. And by the time you hit my wonderful age of 35, you may be in a position—you'll <laughs> be in a Lies. position where you've paid back your loan and you've used—you pay back the money you borrowed to buy a home, and your retirement is back where it should be. And you have a—and you have a, a workable asset such as a piece of real estate. And just to add to that as well, keep increasing your skills at the same time, keep refining your skills, getting better, getting more niche getting more earning power with that job, right? And eventually if you can become so successful at your job, you do it so well, you may be able to branch off and start your own business and kind of teach your skill set to your staff. And guess what? Get to the point where your staff is doing the work and you're getting paid. By the time, once again, you reach my golden age of 31, you may be able to have your own business, your own property, and just by learning a certain skill set and understanding that I want to get good at what I want to do, what I do, and I want to max out my potential earning power. So I hope that helps.
3: Courtney, I would say that with people who maybe aren't planning on going to college, there are definitely other routes to success. In this environment we're living in right now where everyone's working from home, like computer-type jobs, technology-based jobs, I would encourage your students to follow their passions. And there's a lot of do-it-yourself, learn online, uh, jobs and careers where people can, whether it's in technology and editing and television and in website building and in marketing, you can find a, a niche, in these industries where you don't necessarily have to have a degree. You have to get the knowledge in other ways. It's not necessarily a four-year college. So I would encourage your students to follow their passions. There's plenty of ways to make money. And like I said, in this COVID-19 world we're living in, everyone's being encouraged to work from home. So if these kids can find careers that they're passionate about, that they could work off of a computer or create their own businesses through the, the computer and the internet, I think This is a perfect environment to learn and create opportunities for yourself that don't require a four year degree.
4: And just to finally say, just to add one thing, you know, I had some plumbing issues at one of my buildings and my plumber came in there for literally two hours. I bought all the material. He did the work and four hundred dollars for two hours work. I mean, and so don't don't shy away from these. Skill set jobs: plumbers, electrician, electricians. They they make a lot of good money, and they and they they're always be needed. So it's how you leverage your skill,
5: specialized and- knowledge. Love it. Nice, nice. Thanks, guys. That was great. I feel like you really went in um, for Ms. Summers there. I think she's got a lot to work with for her students. So now we're going back in the bag, and we're heading to the West Coast to Los Angeles to see how beside- we answer- <laughs> how we can answer Alexander's question. He actually has a very interesting real estate uh, question. He wants to get into real estate and wants to start building wealth, but he says it's incredibly expensive to buy property in L.A. So my man got creative and started uh, looking into property out of state and stumbled onto several post offices for sale. And they have contracts with the United States Postal Service. So he says the monthly leases appear to be pretty low and are fixed. For a set period, and it seems like the rent is pretty much guaranteed to be paid. So, do you guys have any insights on how this performs as an invested investment compared to traditional real estate?
4: Well, I'll say this. Let me just sum it up so our listeners can understand. And I always say McDonald's is not in the game of making, selling burgers; they're in the game of acquiring real estate. So, what he's saying, Alex is saying, is that the post office functions out of a building, and the government or the post office they don't own that building, the real estate, where the post office is. The government functions and makes, uh, produces and distributes mail from that facility, but they don't own the actual brick and mortar itself. So there's people, private people that own it. So somebody's looking to, they're looking to sell these buildings and he's wondering, Is it do I do we think it's a good opportunity? I think it's it's definitely worth pursuing I think that you know, the math is simple See what your monthly mortgage payments would be to acquire this building back into it So, you know, the building is selling for a hundred thousand dollars and it gives you a mortgage payment of a thousand dollars a month I'm keeping the math real simple and the post office pays you two thousand dollars a month Well you right now, you know high-end you have you're making a thousand dollars But if you can now take out your real estate tax Taxes, your insurance and utilities to operate and run that, and you're still showing a profit, then I think it's a good it's it once again, I'm gonna use I'm gonna be very careful with my words, it's worth pursuing. Hey, Sean, uh, in
3: regard to Alexander's question, I've been hearing a lot about how the government is downsizing the postal service. So if post office begin to be uh put out of business or or, or if they're if they if they are in less demand, would that impact the way you
4: would view this opportunity? Well, here's what I say. And I I always keep this in my head. One thing should not take me out. So the risk is like, one, I would make sure that I have a long-term lease with the post office. 10 plus years is a great lease term to have, but they could still go out of business like Matt was saying. The likelihood that they'll leave prior to the lease expiring is probably slim, but the chance that they may not renew their lease could happen and if you like i don't know if you've ever seen in some cities where mcdonald's is now a sneaker store they've converted the building it still looks like a mcdonald's but it's a sneaker store and that he could run into that problem where it's so the, the construction and the build it's so personalized to the post office that it's hard it'll be hard to get another tenant wanting to rent that facility so those are the things that you you have to keep in mind that's the downside and i always say when i look at business i always try to manage the downside worst case scenario What can I do with this building if the post office decides to leave? If you're in a high demand area, like if you're in a a town where your post office is on the main strip, you may be able to find another tenant. But if you're in some desert area, it may be more challenging. So you have to take those those things into consideration. But I do think it's something worth exploring. I definitely personally would explore something like that.
3: So hold up. Hold up, Sean you 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 realize you just kind of contradicted yourself like you said McDonald's is in the real estate game and then you're at, you're comparing that to the postal service the postal service is leasing property so this is two different games correct first of all and, and-
4: i and i never contradict i and i self so if you don't get it you don't get it my friend just say you <laughs> don't understand it but my point is understood you you
5: understand but just, it. but just, but just to you know, if I may add, um, as the lady with the facts, uh, only about twenty-five percent of all postal facilities in the U.S. are owned by the United States Postal Service. The remaining seventy-five percent are privately owned, at least.
3: Interesting, and, and and to chime in off of the lady with the facts, I'm going to be the man with the fact right here. Is that the fact is I've never seen a McDonald's turn into a <laughs> sneaker store? Come on, I keep it me was real. Just me. Keep it real, Sean. Yeah, Once I mean, again,
4: you ain't never understand been understand the point, <laughs> my friend. It's <laughs> mystical. You understand? It's uh, supposed to be deep thoughts, I and I. Get the point. I seen a Arby's I- be a McDonald's uh, for the well, record. For the record, I geez. saw an Arby's become a McDonald's. For the record. <laughs> well, back to
3: Alexander. Yeah. Where were we, we, we do think it's there's value. <laughs> there's value looking into this, Alexander. Like, you know, if if, the, if you think depending upon the city you're in, if there's a lease to this mail, this postal office. Um, you should investigate, but be also beware that you don't want to buy something that is you're unable to lease or rent out. So that's my two cents. All
5: right. Going back in the bag. We're actually gonna um I think we're moving down south here. His name is Antoine Hunter. Antoine Hunter.
3: Antoine. 20- wait, Antoine. Wait, wait. Where what number is this?
5: Are we on number four now?
3: Number four, yeah. Antoine.
5: Yeah. Antoine. I want to say Antoine. That's why, because it's
3: a French name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. you Canadians and,
5: and Antoine. I keep saying I want to say Antoine. It's Antoine.
3: <laughs> Antoine. Antoine. You know what? Say it way, D. Put put your put your put your French on it.
5: It's it's the French in me. <laughs> go so for it. Antoine I'm not even Hunter. here. Okay, there you go. He's 25 years old, and I'm guessing he hails from the south because he said, I love y'all's podcast. The episode credit is not a mortgage. So, to just to quickly break it down uh, for you, Antoine has an unsecured Capital One credit card. He's had it over just a little over a year, and he's already maxed it out at fifteen hundred. It's his first credit card, so we you know how that goes, right? He's getting hit with crazy interest rates and cash advance interest rates. Oh, Antoine, which has pulled his credit score down below six hundred. His goal is to be at 750 by next year. So what Antoine wants to know is how he can leverage balance transfers to avoid interest rates while paying off his credit card. He wants to know how many new credit cards does he need to transfer this balance? Um, And what's the max amount of credit cards he should have?
4: Well, let me start with this. Can I answer this one? Antoine, Antoine, or whichever terminology we're gonna use today. You remind me of my son. Right, My son wants to be the superstar of his high school basketball team.
3: You about the son, Antoine? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm
4: good about the son, Antoine. He wants to be the superstar of his high school basketball team. And I've been coaching him and training him. And when we start doing drills, he wants to go right into, like, dunking drills, right into crossover drills. And he doesn't get – he doesn't want to learn the fundamentals, the left-hand layups, the right-hand layups, easy okay. jump shots. So he's a chip so, off
3: the old block. He's just like his dad. No fundamental oh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go <laughs> so,
4: ahead. When I say to you, Antoine, you're cash advancing, you're, you're maxing out credit cards, and but then you're trying to tell me now, how do I dunk in the credit card game? Meaning, how do I balance transfer? How do I lower the interest card? You have to get the fundamentals right. You have to set that foundation. You have to find a way to, you should not, cashing advance on a credit card is the number one no, 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 no case. Whoa, no he has spoken layup when you're trying to go when you're driving to the left. No. So because the interest rates are high, you dig yourself a deeper hole. So you have to somewhat start off trying to minimize that debt that you have on those cards. And you know, with the six hundred credit score, I, I couldn't profess to you that you're gonna be able to get a favorable balance transfer rate. You can try, but I would more look into your balance. Actually it's, and see. it's under it's under six hundred. Exactly. I would see if there's some kind of debt consolidation that you can do. Um, start. Oh, oh, paying... hold, hold,
3: hold up, hold up. If he's got an under 600, under 600 score, how's he gonna debt consolidate? What well, Antoine, may... needs to, Antoine needs to pay his bill, pay it down, and and work on paying on time and building that credit score. Let's keep it funky. He's not gonna get a debt consolidation with a score under 600 unless you think, uh, how would he go about
4: doing that, Sean? Well, if he's paying an interest rate of 29% or a high interest rate of credit card, he may be lucky, lucky is the word, lucky is the word, he may be lucky and be able to get a rate of $1,499, 9.99 credit card, a chance from some ballots. Or, you know, what's going on now? we got all this stimulus money, government money coming out there. Like, I I, I text one of my students that was in a situation when I was coaching her. She was 1200 in credit card debt. And I said, hey, I hope you're using this stimulus check to pay off your debt. So, Antoine, I would recommend these stimulus checks if you can. Help put them towards paying down your debt. But, like, I have to agree with Matt. Matt, you have to work on paying down your debt and then look to do aggressive moves with credit.
3: Also, I would add this. Antoine, at twenty five years old, you're you're very young, and you can you can quickly attack this score by paying it on time and, and and exhibiting discipline with how you handle it. and in in no time, if you if you do that, the score can can rise. So you don't have to rush to think, how can I you know change this overnight? You just do the right thing, pay it on time, and pay more than the minimum, and you'll watch that credit score rise. And make sure if you have any other credit cards or any other debts that you're also paying those on time.
5: And I would also strongly suggest, this is the time, I love when Sean had coined this phrase a while ago, find the money day. This is the time to go and start looking at all the subscriptions and things that you might be paying that you don't need. Eliminate those debts. Use that money in what we call the snowball effect or debt elimination strategy, basically. So find the money, then add that money to the existing payment you're already making so you can pay off that debt faster. Again, it's called the snowball elimination, uh, debt elimination I, I All we're
4: saying to you, work on your fundamentals, bro. Get the fundamentals right, and then you can attack the market more aggressively.
5: Awesome, awesome, awesome. You did have questions about the, the the magic number of credit cards one should have.
4: There's no true set number, to be quite frank. I mean, it's a matter of you don't want to be paying um, – you don't want to have a lot of cards and paying a lot of high interest. You, I would try to find the lowest interest on the cards and see if you can transfer. If you already have an existing credit card, you'll probably, you may be able – if you've been making on-time payments, you could transfer from one credit card to another to the lower rate. So I'd see which cards have the lower rates and try to pay off the higher rate cards first and then try to transfer
3: the balances onto the lower interest rate cards. Okay, well, I think we've covered it, Antoine. You got some work to do. Uh, get those fundamentals down.
5: Yeah, but you're on the right track. The fact you are even reaching out that means you're already uh, making the right step in the right direction, Antoine. So, all right, we're going back in the bag. This time we're going to Detroit, Michigan. It's so deep. he said, "Yeah." So James Black, he said, "Great show." He said, "How would you recommend I go about making a budget? Excel document or use an app? Any suggestions?"
3: I know Sean being a a senior
4: citizen, you're (laughs) down with the Excel, right? I'm down with whatever makes you pay your bills on time. That's what I'm down with. I'm not yes. I'm 2001 Excel spreadsheet. I ain't lying. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, we had one of the smart finance guys from Canada on one of our past podcasts, and he was down with the Excel game. You down with Excel? Yeah, you know me. And you know all it. (laughs) Please don't 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 rap anymore, please. (laughs) No more um You know, like <laughs> I said, what it does, it keeps me consistent, lets me know when my bills are due, what's happening. So old school Excel works for me as long as it's making me pay my bills on time, bro. Hey, hey, Dion, aren't there any apps that are kind of
3: good budgeting apps out there?
5: There are lots of free apps out there. Um, one we rec- that you know that we came across was Every Dollar. Uh, there's Mint, and, and Every Dollar is free by the way. And a lot of them are. Um, what was
4: the show we did, Dion? Again, on app? App, app in, in, app, app out.
5: out? Yeah, happy app out. Take a listen. All right, fellas. So we're going back in the bag. Question from Diamond Hamilton. Uh, a, she's a Black girl trying to get good credit. Hello. Okay, okay. Love it. Fan of the show. So Diamond would like to know the do's and the don'ts of negotiating a salary, the differences between how men and women negotiate, mm-hmm. and does this contribute to the wage gap between genders? So we brought in wow. our expert, our, our resident expert. Mommy Christian. No, not
4: <laughs> this brother
5: again? How to how get back on this show, bro? Yo, you
4: trying to take I my negotiated my way back here. Negotiated my way back.
5: Persuasive. So here we are.
4: Oh my lord, he's back in the game. All right, bro. <laughs> Let me hear what you got. Let me see your gems that you are going to drop. You dropped some gems yes. in the last episode. Let me see if you still got a Michael. I'm watching this Michael Jordan episode thing going on. So I want to see if you can go back to back to back and drop some more gems.
6: Let's do it.
5: Yeah. So for those who don't know, he has uh, the number one negotiation podcast in the world, uh, Negotiate Anything. And he also is the director and founder of the American Negotiation Institute. So we don't bring any slouches on this on this show.
4: <laughs> oh, right. he's, just a, he's just a smart brother. Plain and simple. smart Brian.
5: Brother.
6: Brian. Well, cool. I mean, this 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 is not an easy question, that's for sure. But let's let's see what we can do. So, should we negotiate? Yes. What's the biggest mistake people make? They don't negotiate. Is there a difference between the way men and nego- men and women negotiate? Yes. Is there a difference between their the way that they're perceived when they negotiate? Yes. Does this contribute to the wage gap? Yes. So let's go through all of these one by one. So the first step is negotiating. Most people don't take that step, and that's where they fail. They, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. And so that's sort be of the first step. You have to recognize the difference between negotiating internally versus negotiating externally. If you already have the job, then you can be a little bit more, um, I would say a little bit more aggressive with your request because you already have a position and you have more information. When it comes to receiving a job offer, there, the discrepancy is in information. That company knows more about the financial situation of the company than you do. So in that situation, what you want to do is wait to hear their offer and then do your research and then counter. And so if you go to our, our website, AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, you can get a free salary negotiation guide along with 14 other guides that'll help you prep for your negotiation. So you can come up with a strategy. So it's going to be different. You want to wait for the offer if you are outside looking in. But if you're inside trying to move up, you make the first offer.
5: And actually, Um, just before you continue, Kwame, I was going to say something that I did hear was preparation. I think that would also bolster your confidence going into the negotiation. Right. Preparation, preparation, preparation.
6: Absolutely. I, they, they did a study where they just had uh, a group of people go into a negotiation and then a group, different group of people actually take the time to prepare. They were all on the same level. And the people who took the time to prepare were able to get, I believe it was 11% more value for them, themselves in the negotiation and mm-hmm. create 6% more value for the other side. We're not even talking about skills. We're not talking about strategies.
2: <laughs> we're just
6: talking about preparation.
2: preparation. So it's the easiest thing you can
6: do. Easiest thing. Yeah.
4: Nice. Yeah, nice. Preparation.
6: Strongly recommend that.
4: And what do you think, Kwame, just to add, like like as a black woman going into these meetings, negotiating, how do you kind of break the stereotype profile? Like how, is there something you think, a style in which you should enter the negotiating, a look and feel? You know, I, I'm i sure that, like even with myself, you know, when I used to interview, to be honest with you, when I went to John Wall Street, one of the things I would always try to lead to, because I, in my head, a lot of the guys, the hiring managers were like, like Wall Street guys tend to be like, jock competitive guys and so forth and to make this feel comfortable I always tried to show my sports side of me in a professional way and even tried to allude to the fact that hey I was a <laughs> black man I played hockey I, I, hey, hey,
2: I was a black man in that place <laughs> wait wait I'm sorry
3: Sean wait, hold hold up Sean did you say you tried to show, show that your athletic side is that what you say?
4: Matt, the first <laughs> time we met, was on a basketball court. And if I remember correctly, you're still recovering from that. It's recovery. So, yeah, okay, I bad. tried to show my athletic side and a little bit deeper because I'm from New York. And a lot of the hiring men... Well, hold on. Oh, I- I'm
3: sorry. I got it. Oh, you.
4: my God. Can I continue you are, you with my are, story, brother? You Canadians
3: cannot be claiming you're from New York, bruh. <laughs> you them <are> n- where, <laughs> where you're from
4: and tell them where you live. But anyway, proceed. My bad. Okay, I've been living in New York since the late 90s, but yes, I'm from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And what we play in Canada, we're multi-professional. We're multi-athletes. So not only did I play basketball, I also played hockey. So I always try to show that side of that interview because it would make people feel like, oh, wow, this is, unique, this is a unique brother. He played ice hockey and he played basketball. And it, honestly, it would work and make them more comfortable in the interviews. So my question back to you, Kwame, is there a way, like, you know, it's, you know, women of color, like, should especially when it's people of not their same race, like how they kind of can make things a little more easy, make themselves, make themselves feel more comfortable in the interview.
6: Yeah. Put on your skirt, bro. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Here's
6: what we have to do. And so my, even though I'm a lawyer my background is in psych, that's my undergrad degree. And so you have to recognize which biases are against you. And so we always think about bias in the negative sense. Oh, this bias is against me, this sucks, I'm at a disadvantage. But here's the thing, biases can be positive and they can be negative. And so what the way I think about it is I recognize which biases are against me, then I want to stack positive biases in my favor. So you have a great example, people like athletes. These are other athletes, they they like that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about sports. That was a great way to do it. And so now the bias is in your favor um, and, and it starts to even the playing field. Until
4: the knowledge bro, you see the knowledge I was dropping? Uh, The way you were able to bag it up, Kwame, put it together. You know what I'm saying?
2: You Uh, understood my
4: lingo and you just (laughs) it up so Mr. (laughs) Matt from the Hills can understand it.
3: I'm just saying the way Kwame said it sounded really educated, smart, and clear. When you started talking (laughs) about how you used to play sports of some sort, it just I got confused.
6: (laughs) He said of some sort. (laughs) Some sort. My goodness. Yeah, right, right, bro. I'm I'm am med- i I'm a mediator too. Do you need my help? I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> and what about any
4: any before you head out? What about any any do's and don'ts that you think that you could leave with us? In general,
6: yeah, take the time to build a relationship somehow. So again, that small talk is important. And I think of uh, when it comes to people of color, it takes more time for us to build that rapport. So, invest in the relationship. Have that conversation about things that don't matter and spend more time building that up. That's the first thing. And also recognize that oftentimes you're you're gonna intimidate people you, you, with your intellect or your presence, whatever it is. And I realize okay, as a I have that problem. I have that problem. The, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I realize that in a lot of situations I have to take the first step to make people feel comfortable with my presence. And so I really am intentional about staying positive smiling and then always framing things from a collaborative perspective so the reason why i'm asking for more money is because i would like to have more responsibility so i could be a a more effective player on this team and you see how you bring in that sports analogy too because again Mm. you want to you want to talk in language in, in a language that they can respect and so it's these little things that can play a big difference, uh, play a big role in the outcome. Absolutely. And,
4: it, and they always knew they got to the high perform on this on the corporate team. They're like, yo, we can get this guy to play on the hockey team, the basketball team and bring him to the board. Meeting. You understand what I'm talking about? Matt? Like, no. I, I'm, I'm all I, 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 I,
3: like, you, <laughs>
4: you lost. You lost me.
5: But Kwame, be, 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 I didn't want to lose sight of the fact that she is a yeah. black female. And she she didn't want to understand some of the nuances between a male and a female and how, yeah. how they negotiate.
6: Yeah, this is important. Uh, book reference. Uh, Women Don't Ask is a really great book that goes deep into this. And so if you think about the, the way that a man can ask for something, you can ask for something very um, aggressively or assertively, and it's seen as a, a leadership skill. You're seen as a leader. But if a woman advocates for herself in the same way, it's seen as a, a negative thing. And so, aggressive,
5: exactly, right? She's
6: exactly, mm-hmm. exactly difficult to work with. Those type of things. And so, mm-hmm. again, women more so than men need to be mindful about framing things in a collaborative way because it's less intimidating for the person on the other side. And mind you, recognize it's not just men who are penalizing women for advocating for themselves. What the studies have shown is that it's women doing the same thing as well, which is which is yeah. troubling. And so. My my goal here is to, to share the science and, and share what people have shared their anecdotal experience and blending those two and, and let people have the opportunity to make the decision with what you feel best for them. If you feel like that, you still need to be authentic. But I think it's important for you to recognize which barriers are in front of you and then come up with your own unique strategy to work your way around it and what they found is. Framing things from a collaborative perspective up front and taking a lot more time to build the relationship to help people feel more comfortable is the best thing you can do to improve your your likelihood of success in the negotiation.
4: So says the man in the white shirt, jacket, and gym shorts. This is Thank Toronto you. time.
6: Stop <laughs> playing with this. Oh <laughs> Well Kwame,
3: we, we thank you for coming on and answering this question for us. I appreciate you, you
1: brother. I know, Let them know where they can too. find
4: you, Kwame. Let them know where
3: you
1: can oh, find yeah, you yeah. before so, you
6: um check out the podcast, negotiate anything, um wherever you listen to your podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. So yeah, reach out and, and
3: we'll connect. All right. We thank Kwame Christian for his answer. And we're going to take a quick break we're, with more. We got more in the bag for you. So stay tuned for more in the bag. credit in the bag. We'll be right back.
0: Yes. Hold up.
1: to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role,
2: like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/achieve today.
3: Welcome back to Two Bad Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today we are in the bag. That's right, in our mailbag, answering your questions. So Dion. Let's pick it back up. Where were we?
5: Yes, sir. So we're actually out in Milwaukee this time. Uh, We heard from Rhonda, a.k.a. Running Low. She said, I love this podcast, but I am currently not working Mm -hmm. and I'm running low on funds. I heard I could call various creditors and defer payments of credit cards, car payments, and cell phones. Is that true and would you recommend doing that?
4: Short Long answer: Yes. <laughs> Short answer: I would say yes as well. You know, but every creditor and lender—they're not affiliated with one another. It's on a case-by-case basis. Every creditor is, has different sets of rules, and there's nothing that they're regulated by the federal or or state government to mandate as far as deferring your payments. You know, I've had success with um, my payment for my commercial van. I've had success with my American Express card. I've had somewhat success with MasterCard where they said they would they would defer my payment but continue to charge me the interest while American Express said they would freeze it. And then I had zero luck with my personal car payment where they were just like, no. <laughs> but cash is king in these times. So if you can defer the payment, I would say do it because we don't know what's coming down the road for us.
5: They said, Mr. Tesla, you know you've got the dough. Pay up. Uh,
4: thank you for blowing me up in a spot <laughs> like that. That, yes... <laughs> Mr. Eli, you know, you Musk, Mr. Musk, you were my brethren, you're my boy until you declined, said, no, I cannot defer my Tesla payments. So yes,
3: I I would also add to make sure you get this in writing these agreements with your creditors or or whoever you work out these payment plans with get it in writing.
5: Yes. And Sean made a really good point. Make sure if you're deferring that they're not accruing interest, especially not on a daily basis. It's yeah, better just to- freezing, payment. that's called
4: freezing. Let them yeah. freeze your account. And yeah. what's usually mm-hmm. happening, what happened with me with with my commercial van for work is that they let me not make the next three payments, but they're gonna put it on the back end of my lease. So that's kind of what the norm is happening. So try to make sure it stays in the realm of that type of negotiating that when this ends, you don't have to make three l- balloon payments at once. They'll put it in on the back end.
3: So again, I also, let me just reiterate, get that in writing, request an email. They, they should be able to provide you an email. So just request that and you'll be fine.
5: All right, thank you, Two Black Guys. And then we're going back in the bag. We're going to Houston, Texas. Uh, Big Tex has a question. He said, hey, Two Black Guys crew, do you think some of the businesses that are hardest hit by COVID-19, like cruise liners, airlines, amusement parks, do you think... Or would you think these would be good buy low stocks that will recover the past value, or do you think these businesses should be stayed away from? Mm, Ten foot pole or get in there.
4: I would say I have faith in the American and the American economy. It always rebounded. Historically, we've always rebounded. I'm so and, you know, I would say, I'm so patriotic. <laughs> and I would say you know now's the time where things are on sale. And I, 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 I'm of the belief, too, I'm not a cherry picker, stock picker. I'd rather buy a fund, an index fund, an ETF fund, and kind of get an assortment of, of of stocks rather than try to pick the one horse that's going to take me to the promised land. But I would definitely say to get involved in the market now and buy on discount.
3: Big Tech, I'm a little bit different on this one. I'm saying I look very closely at some of these, some of these businesses that look like... Uh, in this COVID world we're living in, I don't know how many folks want to be getting on a cruise line. Maybe they're going to rebound to some degree, but I don't know if I want to dump a bunch of money into to cruise liner stocks. I'd, I'd be looking at businesses that I think are going to grow in this market.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's a way of looking at it. Buy man, low, but now you that know, can be attractive. Yeah, you can buy into uh, businesses like Zoom that we're on now that are doing well in these times. But I still think there's companies out there that, are underperforming now and they will perform once the market turns itself around. So I'm not sitting on that, I'm not jumping on that bang with you, bro. I'm saying, you know, take advantage of the downturn in the market and buy. Don't sell. So and also, yeah, look for new opportunities. Scared
3: scared money, no make money. Is that what you're saying? Uh,
4: uh, you, you, uh, there, you, Sean. You you said it, I didn't say it, you know, you can okay. have a little scared money and safe money, bro. Well judging you know?
3: by my man's name, Big Tech, sounds like you a big baller. You probably, you know, you 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 were probably playing to win and you're going to play big. So you're in Texas. They do everything big in Texas. So go on and jump in, bruh. Uh, If you, you know, scared money, don't make money. I think that's valid. I'm just saying, look with a close eye at some of these these industries because, I don't know, the world is changing. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, we were in our bag. We were reading the viewer mail. I think we got a lot of great questions and I hope you enjoyed these answers And, and everyone Definitely send in your questions. So, Dion, why don't you tell them how they can do that?
5: Yes, send them in. We love going in the bag. So, please email us at TBGWGC. That's two black guys of good credit, TBGWGC at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at two black guys good credit. And please, please, please don't forget to leave us a five star review so others know how to find us, like a dot post who said, fantastic, this show has helped me a lot. Thank you, guys. Um, definitely want to make sure I remind everyone of my four w- four week life coaching series, Coping with COVID, okay. starting on April 30th. Yes, That's it's big. free. I know, right? So partner with the Borough President of Brooklyn, just Oh, you you doing talking. it
3: real big. Hold up. Run that <laughs> right. back.
5: What's going on? <laughs> I'm doing all right. So Eric Adams, the borough president of Brooklyn, potentially our next mayor. He wants to make sure he's keeping in touch with his constituents, you know, making sure that they're mentally sound, you know, as we go through this pandemic. So I'll be working with uh, people through this free webinar series to really make sure that we're building up our well-being mentally, physically spiritually so make sure you tune in and RSVP. You can actually uh go to my uh, my personal page at Dion Nichols and you'll find the link there on Instagram uh, as well as Facebook.
3: All right. Well thank you Dee.
5: Yes. So uh, my name as you know is Dion Nichols the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold heart oh, And yeah.
3: <laughs> And I'm Matt Smith, one half of two black guys with good credit, and I'm out
4: and I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit. Yeah. And uh, yep. And I would just tell you to listen to the 4-week um, seminar that we're doing for financial literacy through our financially clean nonprofit. You uh, you can register, RSVP your space at livefinanciallycleanspring2020.splashthat.com. You can any questions for me, you can always find me on Instagram at sean with a u. And just like to thank you guys for listening to the show And sending in your questions to us I mean, I just feel like I have This extended global family Through this podcast, I just want to thank everybody And see you again Two Black Guys with Good Credit, I'm Sean And keep your money where it belongs In your damn pocket, people And I'm out
3: The Two Black Guys with Good Credit podcast Is produced by Matt Smith And Arlington Forbes
2: Two Black Guys With Good
0: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
1: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024.
2: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues